podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So, welcome back to JMS Boxing Podcast with me, John. And today we get, um, thank you for joining us, get a really, really special guest, uh, Steve Goodwin. How's it going? No, really good and thanks for inviting me on. Appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for joining us, obviously just before show, just to let you know that we're at the York Hall, um, which is the mecca of uh, British boxing. Um, and basically, just want to start getting into it. Uh, how did it all start? How did boxing start for you? Um, well, it's a strange, um, strange story, really. Um, I was just a boxing fan, like you are, just coming to the odd show, watching it. And my daughter, at the time, she was 17. She got diagnosed with cancer. And we were in a bad place as a family. And she was. we thought that she was going to pass away. And at the time, we was one middle of one night, and she said to me, Dad, um, if I survive, can I have three wishes? So I said, yeah, because you would at that point. You know? So she said, I'd like to um, fly in a helicopter above New York. So I thought, I can do that. It's just going to cost me money. So she said, my second wish, she said, is I want to jump off the world's highest building, which was in Macau. So I said, okay, we can do that. So she said, and my third wish, she said, I remember when I was nine, I went to Las Vegas and you went to watch Lennox Lewis versus Evander Holyfield. She said, and me and Josh, which is my son and mum, we went off to watch Pokemon while you went off to the boxing. She said, and if I survive, I want to do a professional boxing show and promote it. Okay. And I thought, the first two reasons, just money. The third one is, how the hell am I going to do that? So I said, okay, I'll do it. Thank God she survived. We've done the first two. And the third one, the problem with when you have children, one of the things you've got to do is never make a promise. Yeah, of course. So off I go, bring the board up, said I need a promoter's license. So they said, um, okay, fine. So I had to go through the process, read the rule book, get a promoter's license. I said, I need one for my daughter. And they said, because the deal was she had to promote it. And they said, no, 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 I can't do that. She's too young. She's only 18 at the time or 19 at the time. And they said, you'd have to do it for a year, and then we'll let your daughter apply. So anyway, I started to do it, and it was horrific. <laughs> it was the worst thing in the world you've ever done. Now, when you are naive in boxing, there are plenty of people going to rip you off. My God, did I get ripped off. I've got some stories I can tell you about. And I got hammered, ripped off, and everything else. And I thought I did, I did two shows. I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. I hate it. Yeah. But I had to get through the year, so I had to keep doing it. And we got through to the end of the year, and then Olivia did one. By which time I thought, oh, it's not too bad now. I've started to learn what the scumbags are. I learned what the strokes they for. I think I could make a bit of a difference doing this. So we then carried on. But that is how we got involved. It's a very strange story, but never since then, we've sort of... Expanded. And then I became a manager, which is what I consider myself to be rather than a promoter. Okay. And we then became the largest manager of boxers in the UK, and we still are to this day. Um, and we've had champion after champions. But that's the reason behind it. And um, I often question whether why I'm doing it, whether I should stay in it. Yeah. But it's a very di- but we're here, and I'm still enjoying it. Must be mad, but I yeah. still am. But yeah, but the highs, it's like the thing where you have a lot of lows, a lot of hassles. But when you get that high, that high is worth all the negatives that you have to put up with. You started in 2010. 2010, and I became a manager in 2013, because you have to have a promoter's license for three years before you become a manager. 
So I like to consider myself as a manager who promotes shows, not a promoter who manages. I'm a manager first and foremost, and I look after boxers and our shows are here so I can develop them and hopefully bring them onto TV shows and earn them life-changing money. That's yeah. the objective. Which, which is, I can imagine, for a lot of promoters. And I know you've, I've, I've followed you, and you've built, or we're like, we, I know you've built a really, really big stable yeah. now. Obviously, we're at the York Hall right now, um, yeah. which is absolutely amazing. If people that listen know this, um, where was your first show? It was at Milton Keynes Football Stadium in a in a ballroom up the top. Ah, oh, okay. And my second show was here at York Hall. I did a month later. Did it March 2010? I did Milton Keynes. And then in April 2010, we did one at your call. Oh, okay. So then, so you got here relatively that was quite the plan. quickly. That was the plan. Oh, okay. Um, and you, how many boxes you've got on at the moment? 71, I managed. You managed 71? Oh, I bet that's awesome. I went up to, I was at 115 right. four years ago. And I just decided that you, when you're dealing with boxes, some are easy to deal with. <laughs> the majority are a headache. Yeah. Headache's okay. But I had a lot that were migraines. Right. So I decided... Well, the divas, the migraines, there were trainers. There were so I decided, because I thought to myself about two years ago, I thought, I was un I mean, didn't really, I'm in an island, whether I wanted to continue. And it was so much hassle. So I decided that the way forward was to get rid of the migraines. So we scaled down the amount of boxes we had. Mm -hmm. And getting rid of the migraines has reinvigorated my love for it again. And so now I'm really positive about it again. Uh, so, uh, so before boxing then, because if you come to boxing, say, 2010, what was, what was your background before? Well, background, boxing is not my job. Boxing is my hobby. Yeah. I'm a financial advisor. Okay. Um, I, I look after a lot of clients with a very big financial business. And that's always my job. My son works in that. He's a financial advisor as well. And that's where we make our money. So boxing is not for money. It's and for you money. do this on the side? Yes. I bet that is stress if you're doing yes. that on the side. Yeah. <laughs> and, my, and my financial business is huge. So if you imagine, my wife deserves 20 gold medals I mean, over 35 right. years because she allows this to happen because without her support, we wouldn't be able to do it. And yes, it's a lot of work, but we've got a brilliant team of staff in my office and my son's great and... Um, the, you know, there's people that help. And so, yeah, but it, it, it can be stressful. But that's why I had to get rid of the migraine issues. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, in boxing, nothing is worth the money. I mean, I managed Jerry Chisora yeah, for two was gonna, years. Yeah, I was going to ask about which that, he, yeah. And he'd be the migraine. <laughs> and um, so there's there's an awful lot of nice guy that he is and all that. But that because I don't do it for the money, yeah. I don't need to take people on for no reason. I've just made a new signing now today. That's what we've just seen in yeah. the ring, yeah. We've Zach Trelli. And, um, and as I said to Zach, I don't do it for the money. If I don't feel a walk towards you yeah. and I don't feel that I want to make you a world champion or European champion, then I don't, then I don't want to do it. Yeah. So nowadays, I mean, I did other fighters in the past for the experience of doing certain levels, but now it's purely, do I like them? Do I like the setup? Do I want to do it? Because I don't do it for the money. Yeah. The money's irrelevant. So I've got to feel that I want to do it. And that's yeah. that's the change over the last two years. Oh that's um so the you when you said you started obviously saying about getting ripped off, I can imagine your learning curve as a yeah, as a promoter had to be quick and sharp. There's two ways you learn in this world. One is you study, like as a financial advisor, you study, you pass the exams, you do your master's degree, you do everything else and then you learn on the job. So you learn by study or you learn by experience of getting ripped off. And 
I learned in boxing by getting ripped off. And there's still people out there that rip people off. I know all the tricks. Every trick in the book, I know. But all I do is, we're ethical. We know when I'm managing boxers how to avoid these tricks. You know, the good people are the bad people. I'm going to say who the bad are. I'll only speak about the good. Sure enough, I think yeah. that's the right thing in this, this world. You, you know, the negatives, you know, totally talk about the positives. And there's plenty of good people in boxing as well as bad. So I don't want to make it sound like they're all bad. They're not. There's some really good people in boxing. But there's some really bad ones as well. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, so it goes. And then, obviously, um, another thing that I think was um, COVID that hit these small hall yeah. shows. Yeah. Um, how did that affect you? Like, well, in terms of us, we just had to... We, we had to stop and um, we couldn't promote because we don't have any external funding uh, by any means as we um, our money's all in house yeah. it's done yeah let's just say that we run a yeah that's fine very yeah. perfect uh, run organisation and it's all as you know from my, my job it would all be done properly so we don't have any external money from the source coming in so consequently, we couldn't promote from COVID. I had some fighters I managed, like Lionel Shudofi, we were able to get out on TV shows. But generally, we had to take a break for it and then be able to, and then come back at the end. Would um, would you say like you know like um, years back, years and years back, um, when ITV, I think it was ITV that did the Wednesday night fight yeah. nights. Um, would you say that that could be something that I think that they should bring back? It's something that we've discussed. I think they should. Yeah, bring. I mean, I think I, ITV though are not really interested in not boxing. ITV, BBC, Somebody. someone to pick it yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, I think I think my personal view on TV, my opinion, is very stale. I think that boxing has become stale. You've got. Diverse promoters, a lot don't, not wanting to work together. We're getting a lot of shows where, I mean, although I say that you know, a lot of shows where you look at it, think this is gloss. I wouldn't want to watch it. Mm -hmm. Some are okay, but it needs a shake-up. It needs a big, big shake-up, yeah. and that could be one of those things. But it doesn't matter when you produce boxing if you don't match good fights, make good fights. The product isn't very good. Do you, do you think that's a worry because lower level boxing as you say you're not doing it for the money but lower level boxing the money can be quite scarce like you know yeah. ticket sell ticket selling we've spoke about it on the podcast yeah. it's oh. the hardest thing in boxing totally training good. all of that ticket selling is the hardest thing Horrific in boxing yeah. Um, do you think that because people are trying to protect their, protect their assets for money do you think that's the reason why that these fights don't get matched at a higher level, I think it's promotion. Small hall, there's two yeah. different things. So if you look at small hall, we now operate two different types of shows. We do what's called fight night shows, which are where you're developing prospects. Yeah. Like tonight. Tonight's, like tonight. Tonight's a fight night show. When we do box mania shows, um, they are proper fights. Mm -hmm. Now, we were going to have seven title fights on next week. Some have pulled out of injury down to three, but they're three big title fights. We're doing one in December. We're hoping to have seven title fights on that. Now, those shows will be big production but people have to take competitive fights to get on them. Yeah. And that's what we're going to try and develop now, is a concept where you want to get on the big shows and big production and the big nights, you've got to take a competitive fight. And these are fights that will lead you onto TV contracts. So that's what Boxmania will be. And I think that's going to be a massive... When this concept develops, and it will do, this will be a massive concept because they, this will be the filter through to TV shows and big title fights. So I think that's really important. For example, we've got one on 2nd of December already... One Commonwealth title, one European title, two English titles already on that card. So one night you're having all these title fights. This is a big fights. So people that want to have proper fights, and then they could, if not, you go on the smaller shows which are developing because fighters need to be developed. 
but when they reach a certain level they can then progress on to the bigger shows and I think this is this is going to be a good thing where people are going to know that these sort of shows can exist even at smaller level when you go to the higher level the problem you've got is you've got unless you're signed to the same promoter you've got as you can see recent times promoters going to Persons and pulling out last seconds and pulling their fighters out yep. then you've got Fabio Wardley now appears he's now gone over to had to go to Frank Warren to get the fight with Adelaide because he's not so they're just not fighting each other and it's and it's not good for the sport so I don't want to see generally um, I don't want to see um, a situation where you've got three fights WBA International against top prospect against the Mexican 33 and 2 who's not really fought anybody I'm not talking about people like Lara but I'm talking about the amount of Argentinian Mexicans who have got no chance and are coming over just for the alphabets. Yeah, that to me is just not—it's um, not what you want to watch. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch. It. I'd rather watch an English title fight, a 50-50 English title fight on TV, than that sort of stuff. But what happens with TV promoters? They're desperate to sign a bit of talent, so they give them this contract with loads of fights and loads of warm-up fights, so they're financially contractually obligated to put on shit fights, and that's the problem. But because Sky will want to beat Matchroom to the siege, or Matchroom will want to beat Frank Warren, or Frank Warren will beat Matchroom. They're having to honour these contractual yeah, obligations, yeah. and it means that the end product is not that good on the whole. Well, you're getting it at the top end as well with AJ, Fury, Usyk. Same uh, thing again. It's absolutely... Everybody's protecting their assets. Yeah. And, and you can see it, and the public are beginning to... It needs to change. It needs to change. And because otherwise, boxing is a televised sport will always remain, and I would say it's probably a little bit less popular than it was previously. I think um, no matter what anybody will say, Eddie Hearn was was very, very good. The for, dip for, from Sky. Yeah, the yeah. Dip, and, 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 and they've taken, and you've, it's very hard to replace Eddie Hearn, but now Eddie Hearn is on DAZN. The problem with DAZN, it's not, you've got enough eyeballs in the UK, so the fighters under DAZN aren't getting the same thing. So you've got, you've got, in my opinion, a product that is not as good as it was three to four years ago. Yeah, and I think um, when you speak about that, Eddie Hearn, I think he's tried to address that because it's not there on TV like Sky was, and now he's put it on TV, and then Ben Shalom's come in. Obviously, he's got a progressed talent. He's fresh and new. Um, with your, yourself, um, you're saying you um, you managed Nicola Adams uh, to I a did. world title, didn't you? Yeah. Um, was she your... your I, um, your first world champion. She was the first world champion, yeah, and um, only one. But don't worry, we've got. I think we've got chances of a few more. So it was. It that's was, one. Sorry, I, I, sorry, I'm going to cut in there. Yeah. But that's only one. But we've European champions. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to say British champions. Yeah, WBA champions. We had, we had. I think it's fifty or forty nine champions, and yeah. um, it's not bad going. <laughs> that's, that is good going um, at, at various levels. And the, the key is, is being able to do it for the kids at the southern area level up to world. Because for some kids, a Southern Area title is their world title. Yes. So you should be able to take them and give them their dream. Mm -hmm. So to me, I get as much pleasure out of that as I would do out of a European or Commonwealth because if that's their dream, it's lovely to be able to deliver. Yeah, and you want to see the happiness. I mean, Jack Owen won a Southern Area. For him, that was a dream. He was walking around York after everybody had left, <laughs> smiling, cuddling everybody. For him, that was his day. That was his day. And that's a pleasure. And it's... So I'm happy to do it on every level. So I can take fighters and, like Waddy Camacho, when his career was over and rejuvenate his career, we can take fighters from the bottom. Frank Bullioni was in the doldrums when we took him, he became British champion. 
so we've, we've got the skill of being able to take fighters whose careers look lost and, re and, and basically reinvigorate them, as well as kids from the start of their careers and develop them. And it's just a, it's just an enjoyable experience. As long as they're good people and they're not migraines, yeah. which, and that is so true, it, it's a pleasure and it's it's stressful, but it's it's really, the, the end result is lovely when you see it all happen in the ring. So we've, um, you said uh, we'll go back to Nicola Adams, back to world mm. title. Um, how did that come about? Because obviously she was come from the Olympics. And yeah, so what happened was her lawyer um, at the time, she had appointed a lawyer and, the, and she'd asked the lawyer, who's the best manager? And the lawyer recommended me. Oh, That's yeah. where it came from. And then you... And then it's um, and she was like her and Katie Taylor. I remember being sort of the stewards of um, yeah. of women's boxing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'll ask this because obviously you're saying about who the migraines are. Who's the easiest person you've worked with or Linus Udofia. Okay, he's my friend. I've, I've looked after him for seven years, and when I was thinking of sort of saying I've had enough of boxing, he came to me and said, "You made me a promise." And I said, "Yeah, I know." He said. You said that while I'm boxing, you'll never stop managing. He said, because I can't trust anybody else to do it. And I said, no, I won't. I'll carry on doing that. But even if I stop the rest of it, I will carry on looking after you. And he's, we don't even care about contracts. It's just the fact that we, he's a family friend. He's coming to my daughter's wedding in November. He's, you know, so, you know, so he's great to deal with because he gets the business. Yeah. He understands it. He's loyal. He's trustworthy. He's a decent human being. And for me, he's just, Enormous to work with, and he has proven what he's proven that others haven't. In boxing, people approach boxers. What they do is they go on the side and they try to steal them and they try and poach them. Every time somebody tries to poach him, he rings me up and goes, He's doing it. <laughs> nice. And when he gets letters from people trying to poach him, he sends me the letters. He says, Go and deal with them. Yeah. And that is wonderful because he's just so open and honest. And he's got his big fight in two weeks' time against Kieran Conway on the DAZN show. Kieran Conway, yeah. we watched at the Boxer Series as yeah. well. Really and, good um, fighter as well. But that, to me, is the biggest fight that I've ever been involved with in terms of what was so... What's in, at stake? So, what's at stake for Lioness and yeah. the fact he's been so brilliant for us. So, to me, I'm more nervous about that fight than I've been for any fight. Oh, no, okay, yeah. Because, yeah. so, obviously, that's... It's crucial for him. It's yeah, crucial. yeah. Crucial. What about promoter-wise? Who's, like, the easiest person to that you've worked with? Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn. Because he gets a really bad rep in the it's media. Wrong. It's wrong. He is... If Eddie Hearn says, this is the terms of a contract, about the terms of a contract, if Eddie Hearn agrees to give you three fights, you get three fights. If Eddie Hearn agrees to give you £50,000, you get £50,000. Everything Eddie Hearn, whenever I've dealt with Eddie Hearn, every single thing he said, he has delivered. That's all I can say. Did you, um, hold that first, say, is there, do you ever, um, this, I would say, good boxer in general, is there a main part of loyalty in your statement? There's not many, there's not many, loyalty tends to exist in boxing while somebody thinks that it benefits them. Yeah. Yeah. then loyalty can disappear. I, the amount of times I've had a boxer tell me, one boxer told me, it's true, one boxer met me once, where he just, we just won a title, I'm not going to mention his name, because his career has gone down the hill afterwards. He said to me something like, Steve, you're the most wonderful person I've met in my life, I want you to be godfather to my children, I'm getting married next year, I'd want you to come to my wedding, I'm like, I wasn't that close with him, but, right, but, okay. but I want this, I want that. Apart from wanting to marry me, he wanted everything, and I, I, was, every, I was everything in the world. 
Five weeks later, he came to me and said, Steve, I think it's time to part ways. I think that we've Five exhausted. weeks later. Five weeks later. Wow. Right? Now, it doesn't matter who that is, but I, I, I did a certain thing. I'm not going to go on about it because I don't want to say who it is. But that is what I'm saying. Um, and, and that's not happened on one. That's happened on more than one occasion. And these boxers that have done this, on every occasion, their career has gone down the tubes really fast after they left or they got ripped off. And they all got karma, came and got them, and um, but it happened. So what I do in boxing now, this is the only way I've can now. I used to get so upset when it happened. Mm -hmm. right? I used to have a because I'm loyalty is through my veins and my children's veins and my family. We are loyal to everybody, friends and everybody else, and we are more. We are so loyal. And when this started happening, I felt physically sick. But now, what I've got, what I do is I assume the worst of everybody, and then I'm really happy when the best exposed. So therefore, if the worst happens, I expect it. And it's the only way I can condition myself in boxing. And when you get someone like Linus, who is not who is not like that, mm -hmm. it, you think of it as a positive rather than rather than being the norm. And therefore you can adopt your psychology in a different way. So when, um, when you first started, I can imagine you're going, all right, I'm doing this. And then not realizing, well, maybe I don't, um, you're getting dropped in the shark tank. With... Oh, <laughs> because you, because you assume the people, it takes you a while to realise people are nice to your face and you turn the corner and they're yeah. stabbing you in the back. And it's awful. And these people, they come and go. It's horrific. And I could tell you some stories. They are horrific. Um, horrific. And, um, it, and boxing is very, very money-orientated as well. As oh, much. <laughs> I'll tell you one of the things that happened. I won't mention a name. Right? This guy's still around to this day. Second show we ever did at your court. The, um, the guy... A boxer was paying in his ticket money, right? And the manager went into the office down the end there, and I wasn't there. So we're going to 2010 here. And he said to the guy that was doing the thing, Alan was doing the money, I've, I've got um, got the cash, but I've got a check for £500. Right? Check. A check for £500. So Alan said, what do you think? I said, oh, look, yeah, we'll take the check for £500. So when this guy's written the check out, it wasn't his name. It was a different name. The same first name, but a different last name. So Alan says to this guy, hold on, your name on the checkbook is da 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 but your name is da 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 So the guy said, oh no, he said, I have two names. He said, I'm Jewish, that's my Jewish name, and I have an English name. Okay? So we took the check. The check bounced. We rang the guy up and said to him, you bounced the check on us. He said, I didn't. My name was um, da 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 and um, he said, that's not my name. My name is blah, blah, blah. He said, that's not me. I never bounced a check on you. The same guy on the night who said that was his other name, <laughs> then bounces a check on us. I imagine that's a really, really... And I had to stomach it. A year later, the same man comes up to me in London when we was at a board thing. He says, Chancey, doing a show together. <laughs> that's, and that's where... And that's boxing. That, and, but that's where karma comes into play now because you're not going to no work chance. with that person. And that person, if you know where they are in boxing today, they're not in the same stratosphere as where we are. Yeah. So karma's uh, come down on... And that's where you start burning. If you start burning people, like you, we can see really successful GB series here and stuff like that, and you're going to... People are going to want to work with you, then they can't burn. They can't burn their no, bridges. that's what happens. And these people, the people that do this, they don't... You know, they either don't last or they, you know. And I spoke to somebody here today who had worked with this person recently, and they said to me, 
or this man is a bad man, he done this, but then that person doesn't work with them anymore. So therefore you, you only do it for so long, people don't want to deal with you. <clears throat> uh, 13 years in the game for now, as yeah. a professional promoter, manager, because mm-hmm. I'll go ma- professional manager, yeah. what advice would you have give yourself, uh, y- your younger self? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> got to keep that promise though, you've got to keep that promise. Yeah, it's done now, but my daughter's done it now, and so she's, it's now my son that's involved in it. Because he became a professional boxer. He had one fight. So my son got in. And we just do it as a family now because we just love it. We don't do it for the money, but we do it. We love it. And um, But, yeah, in terms of people that ask me, you know, the one thing about boxing, and this is what I was just talking to a fighter on, who's fighting on our show tonight. Mm-hmm. We've been throwing 13 years. And between all of the franchisees and the people we work with, we've done about 135 shows. We've never cancelled a show. Yet this weekend in the UK, there are three cancelled shows from promoters who are not making any money. They're going to lose money. So they cancel. We will lose money, but we will never cancel because we have an obligation to those boxers who have trained their nuts off, sold tickets to honour a fight. And we will do that. And that, again, is where we stand. We stand for reliability, honesty, integrity, and everything else that you would require. And there's not a lot of that around. So, Which uh, yeah. and that's something we've spoke to uh, other fighters. Uh, we um, we spoke to uh, Louis Green, yeah. who Commonwealth champion, yeah. and he he spoke about loyalty in boxing. So again, I know there's not much loyalty in boxing. So it's nice to hear another person we're talking about loyalty again. Mm. Um, we um, so you just said you've done 130. Is that um, you've done 135 shows? We in total was in joint as well, or just yeah, no, in terms of because basically how we work, <clears throat> I'm a manager. So yeah. what we do is we have various promoters like Alan Budgen promotes, my daughter promotes, my son promotes, uh, Amy Simpson, Jack Green used to promote, and so these promoters will come to us and we'll say to them, you can promote under our brand. And you can put the shows on and we'll oversee it. And, and so therefore, it, and it gets our fighters out. So it works like we have an operation, but it come, all comes under Goodwin Boxing. But it's all, you know, as a management company and we supply the boxers. So, but all of those people that are involved have this obligation to us or they will not cancel shows. Okay. So that, that is the, the, the first thing that someone walks up to you and goes, I want to promote a show and you're like, as long as you don't cancel. And you have to sign a contract so you will not cancel. Oh, that's that's well, yeah. And then the fight. I was going to say, don't let down people that are trained and sold tickets. It's disgusting. Fighters getting paid, and it really pees me off because, and I have it really annoys me. And I, I I have named people before, and one of the people I named come up to see me in my office, and I said to him, "Stop doing it." He said, "Oh, you shouldn't name me. You shouldn't call me out." And I said to him, "I I said, stop doing it. Don't stop doing it. Still cancel shows." But (laughs) the point is, it's. Boxers have to realise, you know, and I think they do, in the end, they realise who's reliable, who's not, who, you know, we don't even charge, we don't even charge any boxers' management fees until they're on TV, until okay. they earn money. We don't charge, so until they're on guaranteed person, we don't even charge, it's free management with us. We really, we, we really are, we really trying, do the right thing. Trying to, do the right yeah, things. trying to do the right thing and hope, like, try and get, like, like I, I, my personal opinion is, I believe there should be um, a TV company that should be helping these small halls, and I think you've described it perfectly because yeah. the small hall, there are people that say southern area that 
that's their that's there. So you're going to have that 50-50 fight, aren't you? That southern area 50-50 fight that will go, that will be a barn burner that will, now will get missed. But the problem is a lot of small hall shows are rubbish. So the problem is you've got to be, like for example, if a TV company wanted to get behind Boxmania, mm -hmm. that to me would make good sense. A small hall promoter putting on hundreds of title fights and 50-50s, right? There's no point a TV promoter doing fight nights. Because fighting night stuff is not TV worthy. Right? It's okay for the ones fighting, and it's good, but it's not TV worthy. But you've got to, this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to develop the box mania brand yeah. in the hope that a TV company will come and say, "Oh, we'll pick this up," or the zone might say, "We'll have this as a sideline to everything else we're doing," or Sky might. Yeah. And that's why we're trying to build up the brand now. just for that. I'm not saying you should film all shows. And the other thing is, but most most small hall shows, when you look down them, and, and that can include fight nights. Yeah. I'm not going to. Yeah. You pretty much know who's going to win before you start. Yes. Right, that's fair? Yeah. So you can't say that's TV, that's TV worthy. It's not. When you go Box Mania next week, we have three, the top three fights, and there would have been seven, but the top, you don't know who's going to win. You don't know who's going to win. So you've got three fights next week where people are going to be split down the middle as to who wins. Brilliant. Yeah. That's TV worthy. English level, Southern area level. That's TV worthy. Now that stuff should be on. So, um, so I'm going to ask you obviously about journeyman because we yep. started off as journey like journeyman um, like uh, your views on journeyman because yeah. I because I think journeyman get a really bad rep before right. exactly and I, I think they get really bad rep. They so. should have a high rep. They say they're, they're part of I managed nine journeymen mm -hmm. and um, I think journeyman are lifeblood of the sport. Um, they have the best stories. They have the best stories <laughs> and. And to be honest, we again, we look after journeymen, we charge less than everybody else to look after them, and, but, but I like to do it, and I just find it really enjoyable to try and help them make as much money as they can to enhance their lives, because they deserve every penny that they get, and my job is to keep them safe, yep. not get them stopped, you know, prolong their careers, make sure they're healthy and safe, and I love, I love, I think journeymen are like, without journeymen, you wouldn't have these shows here that you could develop your fighters on also I don't think you'd have um, your top fighters maybe not so much now because people are getting like fast tracked yeah. but back in the day the top fighters were, used to have to fight journeymen to get to where they need to get yeah. to and it's something that we describe again sometimes people are just not good ticket sellers they go to journeymen they're really talented fighters and then you'll see, oh, because they've lost four in a row, then you see people just absolutely criticising them. Well, what we're trying to do, though, with those fighters that are caught in between, you've got the ones that just want to go on the road, like Jordan Granham, Bobby Chapman I look after. They want to go on the road every week and earn as much money as they can. Then you've got the ticket sellers, and then you've got the ones that are struggling to sell a lot of tickets. So what we now try and do with those, we try and match them with 50-50s, with other people that have the same problem. And then the idea being that one, the one that keeps winning will break through to title contention. So we're trying to do that when we can that's as well. A, that's a different, that's a great idea. It's a completely different I've got view. that happening in December. I've got uh, Joe Kiyomichi fighting Andre Santa. Jo Andre's 4-1, Joe is 3-0. They're going in a 10-rounder together. The idea being the winner... The winner will probably get a crack at the southern area. The loser, because he's completing 10 rounds, will probably get a crack at the southern area. They both can progress on and have a title fight. But put them together so they get the 10 rounds done and they can afford to get it done because they share the cost. It's a, it's a new idea that I'm, or not, I'm really trying to develop. Yeah, which I think would be fantastic for the sport. Again, that's another like feather in the bow for the, like, for the sport but yeah. that we... We're trying, we're trying to do ideas that are going to change things and improve things. 
and really trying to push them forward, and that's what we're doing. So mm. that fight's on a box mania show because they deserve to be on a big pla- on a big show with big production because they're really putting it on the line. So that's going to be on the second of December as well. That's us, yeah. Um, with the like um, like venues, where's the best venue that you've um, York Hall? York Hall. There's no comparison. <laughs> there. There's I... no atmosphere. I've promoted it about 12, 13 venues. There's just no atmosphere like a York Hall night. Can I just say the only thing I don't like about York Hall is behind there. I know. We all know that, don't we? <laughs> I mean, they do need they do need to spend some money and get them done, but that's a political thing. And the board have done that. They've restricted it to 10 fights here, whereas it's 12 around the country. Right, so okay. the board are doing... the border, It's harder now here for us as promoters because on the promoter side because you can't have more than 10 fights here. Whereas in everywhere else in the country, you can have 12. But even the board are fed up with it. So they've said until there's money spent on the venue, they won't allow 12 fights here. Right, okay. So then, so the venue, that, the people that are in the venue are getting restricted now as well. Um, what about um, like managing a fighter, the, the venue for managing a fighter? Still York Hall, or have you been like... Uh, oh, I've been everywhere. I've done Madison Square Garden in yeah. New York. I've done... I've done Help Abroad in America. I've done Spain, Italy. But to me, I'm O2 obviously loads of times. Yeah. To me, there is nothing like York Hall. <laughs> I prefer York Hall to the O2. The atmosphere... These big shows, a lot of the atmosphere is good for the main event if you get the job, but the atmosphere is lost a bit in the venue for a lot of the other fights. There's nothing like in your call where you've got it rammed with all the support home and away. It's just yeah. electric. Do you, do you think with that though? Because I, there's something I've well, I've never understood this about when. So right, say I buy a ticket and I go to an AJ fight. I'm going from the first fight to the end. Yes. I remember like you'll turn up and it's half empty until the main event, and I don't understand it. I can't get my head around it. I don't. Well, I think people are weird because I've got. I'm an Arsenal fan. I've got an Arsenal season ticket, right? (laughs) And I was at the Arsenal Man United game. Similar, and there's an allergy to this. I'm at the Arsenal Man United game. It's one all, and there's like we're in 87 minutes, and it's like mountains of people walking out, and then all of a sudden, and he asked to win three one, and you think. You muppets! What on Sky Sports showed that as why, well. Did they? Yeah. Why are you leaving? <laughs> why? Why would you come to a game with tickets hundred quid, hundred and fifty quid, and you're leaving? What is the matter with you? Same as boxing, you spend all this money on tickets. Why would you not watch it all? I just don't get it. No, so I'm I'm in agreement with you. But you get people that come to the boxing; they're just there to be for the main event. They're not really boxing fans at a lot of those events. Yeah, casual. Casual. Yeah. Whereas if you get if you come to someone like you will call. You tend to get more people that will come and watch watch the whole um, watch the whole um, the whole show. So um, I, I just keep an eye on the time for you. Um, what we'll do then? I'll close it up. I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here. Um, what we try and do with every guest is basically uh, create their best boxer and um, with different attributes. So and it could be anyone in history. So yep. if I was to say the best footwork. That's footwork. Probably Mayweather. Mm. Uh, what about boxing IQ? Calzaghi. Mm. Uh, defence? Mayweather. <laughs> Chin? Zach Shelley. Um, attacking prowess? Nigel Ben. And punch power? 
Nigel Ben. Nigel Ben. Um, like I said, I know you've got your meeting. Um, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. I know it's been a nice, quick episode. I'd love to get you for more. Uh, before you go, you also have a podcast yourself. Uh, we do it now and again. We just we just have a we can talk on, but we've just been so busy. We haven't done one for about three months. But yeah, we we do it. We do now and again. We do it on our one on our Goodwin Boxing. But yeah, it's not really, we're going to try and resurrect it. It's just sometimes I'm so busy with all with my proper job and yeah, getting the time to do everything. Yeah, so yeah. we're going to hopefully resurrect it. But it's and been a pleasure doing this today. No, thank you. And the future is Boxmania, as we've spoke about, and obviously trying to get the, the uh, GB series up and running. Like, not up and running, sorry. Yeah, but just keep continuing with that. But the Boxmania shows are going to be a, an innovation in small hall boxing that we hope changes small hall boxing around the country and we hope other people follow suit and do the same. No, thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. No, uh, yeah, um, like I said, follow us on um, all the socials, JMS Boxing Podcast, and if you like the episode, uh, Patreon at £3 a month. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.